Hello and welcome to Stuck in the 90s. We are your weekly nostalgia podcast chronicling the years 1990 through 1999, probably. We are your hosts. My name is Chris Elfick. And I'm Connor Thompson. This week, we are bringing you our 21st episode in Season 2, May 21st, whoa, through 27th in 1990, where it all began the 90s, because math. Diving in, May 21st, first snapshot of a work of art to Hubble's staff. The Hubble Space Telescope on Sunday transmitted its first image back to Earth, where National Aeronautics and Space Administration astronomers greeted... With exuberance, the historic snapshot's surprising clarity. It's quite an image. Fantastic, said James Westphal, the principal scientist for the camera used in the first photo exercise. At the Goddard Space Flight Center here, the finished photo was displayed on a television monitor revealing dozens of individual suns within a southern hemisphere star cluster. That's pretty neat. I mean, the Hubble Space Telescope is something that I feel like I've known you know, that's been up there basically my entire life, and I guess within about a year or two, that's true. Any episode that starts with space stuff feels like it's going to be a good episode. Oh, yeah, and I think we've got more space stuff, too. Like, we've got—this is like a dual space stuff episode, I think. Best week ever! Yeah, um, oh, we could do, like, one of those talk show things. We've got a great episode for you today. Lots of stuff about space. Uh, actually, on that note, we would just like to point out that if there's maybe a slight delay between one of us finishing a sentence and the other one beginning, we are recording over Skype. Uh, so, you know, internet latency is a thing. We'll try and, we'll um, try and be good about it. Yeah, we'll try. Uh, but we'll move on to the 22nd of May. You know what happened today? Microsoft released Windows 3.0. This is almost really exciting because that's almost Windows 3.1, which was huge. I mean, until Windows 95 came around. Yeah. Um, also today, I'm Breathless. Music from and inspired by the film Dick Tracy by Madonna was released today. That doesn't matter because it's 90s Madonna. We've been through this. Um, also today, like we promised, science stuff. Uh, Finding Stardust is the title of an article. Scientists from the University of Chicago and Washington uh, University in St. Louis? Hmm. Washington University in St. Louis. I guess they just named it after George Washington. Weird. Anyway, they have identified microscopic grains of graphite in an Australian meteorite as examples of interstellar dust, the residue of stars. The discovery is important for two reasons. First, it shows that graphite is a constituent of interstellar dust. The other, said Edward Anders, professor of chemistry at the University of Chicago, uh, it's the excitement of getting your hands on a piece of stardust. That's pretty cool. I had no idea graphite had some, you know, interstellar origins. Neat. May 23rd. Report to Bush urges drilling decision delay. President Bush's top-level task force has recommended that he indefinitely delay decisions on whether to allow oil drilling off the southern and northern California coasts until more scientific studies are completed, according to a copy of the task force report made available to the Times. So the 90s were a point where Republicans still believed in science. Yeah, I mean, and more so they were willing to take the findings of, of a task force, of of something who was set out to do something, and you know, acknowledge acknowledge their findings and hopefully make good decisions based off of it. That's uh, refreshing in, in the times we live in now, I think. The times, they are a-changing. They are. But let's find out what happened on May 24th. 
The Edmonton Oilers defeat the Boston Bruins in the 1990 Stanley Cup Finals for their fifth Stanley Cup. Hockey! Ooh, speaking of... No, that there's no segue here. Robot Trash Truck picks up praise. Surrounded by well-dressed local dignitaries, near a decorated table lined with catered fruit and pastries, they're really setting the scene here, Glendale uh, Councilwoman Ginger Bremberg on Tuesday raised her hands in tribute and stared proudly at the sleek machine before her. Glendale, I just assume this is California, Glendale's new automated garbage truck was about to be introduced to the public. It's air-conditioned, has AM-FM radio, and you never have to get out of the cab, she said, as city officials nodded in appreciation. Quote, I've driven it. I really think it's a neat operation. The trucks use a hydraulic arm to lift and dump specially designed 100-gallon trash barrels. I think they're really pushing the boundaries of what counts as a robot here. Um, I mean, do you consider this a robot? Uh, 90s robot. Yeah, like this is, I don't know, this is not robot enough for me. Um, Let's just define robots. A robot is a machine, especially one programmable by a computer capable of carrying out a complex series of actions automatically robots can be guided by external control devices or uh, the control may be embedded within i guess technically this slips by as a robot but come on as we all know technically correct is the best kind of correct exactly may 25th cbs begins broadcasting its daytime lineup in stereo sound becoming the last of the three major networks to do so holy fuck about time oh my wait do we have double garbage news? You are still Holy on shit. your dump kick. Yeah, we've got double stars, double garbage. Waste recycling executives indicted in 89 garbage fire. This is out of Trenton. Of course. A grand yeah, a grand jury yesterday indicted Hub Recycling Inc. and two affiliated companies in connection with a wide range of environmental and financial crimes relating to the August 1989 garbage fire that buckled parts of Interstate 78 in Newark. Four other waste recycling companies were also indicted on charges that they illegally dumped at the hub site. Garbage fires. That was still a thing going into the 90s. New Jersey is causing its own problems. It is. I mean, and how bad does how bad does a garbage fire have to be to affect the structural integrity of a fucking interstate? Uh, let's move on. Yeah, let's. Um, May 26th. After four days in a road median, wreck victim is recovered. This came out of La Jolla, California. A badly injured hit-and-run victim spent four days and nights in a brushy median of a freeway trying to signal for help from any of the 128,000 vehicles that pass by every day. He's now in hospital where doctors say he is making a remarkable recovery. Basically, you remember this episode of Seinfeld, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, when... Uh, George's car gets fucked up, so they assume he's dead. So he claims that he was in a uh, living in a ditch for the past few days, living yeah. on grubs and puddle water. Oh my god! Yeah, good stuff. Great stuff. Okay, May twenty seventh, closing out the week. Drug lord evades capture as he terrorizes Colombia. Wily and nervous as a hunted fox, and maybe more than a little crazed, Pablo Escobar manages to stay a step ahead of Colombian anti-narcotics forces as they, as they dog his trail from hideout to hideout. Escobar, now age 40, is Colombia's leading drug lord and most wanted man. Sources say he has eluded his hunters thanks to his huge resources of his cocaine trafficking organization, help from ordinary citizens as well as corrupt officials, and failure by authorities to adequately coordinate intelligence information and search operations. 
That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. You never want to be on the run from the law, but I guess at least when you have a network of, you know, drug traffickers and massive corruption on your side, I guess it's a little easier. We here at Stuck in the 90s fully endorse cocaine. Yes. Moving on to movies and music. Cocaine and cocaine accessories. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, let's, Let's actually, though, move on to the weekend box office. And in the number one spot, Back to the Future Part 3. Nice. I uh the third one. I like I like I like it. It's okay. Yeah. I mean one is one is perfect. Two two isn't really that good. It's not that good, but it's better than three, I think. Yeah. I, well I think what really what two really brings to the table is the fact that I like the future more than I like let's say the Wild West. It you know, it it, it allowed us to dream. It gave us things like jaws whatever like jaws 18 or or something it gave us the hoverboard it's iconic it's not a great movie but it's iconic and i love it for that whereas back to the future part three really only brings the delorean train thing yeah that's true yeah there's nothing Uh, visually iconic about it speaking of iconic at three we have pretty woman nice uh teenage mutant ninja turtles makes the list Ooh, one of my favorites the hunt for red october yeah that's good stuff i mean this is the early 90s the box office has a total of 12 positions and of that we've got pretty decent stuff in in a lot of them yeah it's not a lot of those uh, positions. Not too bad let's let's move on from yeah. there leave it on a good note yeah let's do um, that the, the billboard 200 in the number one spot, I do not want what I haven't got, Sinead O'Connor. She's been getting real for her lately. I think we've talked about this. Yeah, I think we have. Uh, moving on, we've got Please Hammer, Don't Hurt Him by uh, <laughs> an artist I believe called Mick Hammer. Is that is that right? That's correct. It's Mick Hammer. All right. This is one of my favorite album titles. Please, so, please Hammer, Don't Hurt Him. Like, it's so ego-driven. It is. Uh, it's pretty out there. Uh, number three, we've got Brigade by Hart. Nice. Yeah, solid. Uh, four is Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation 1814. 1814 is... was known for its uh, its Rhythm Nation. It's true. Yeah, I uh, mean, the War of 1812 ended, uh, so, you know, you, uh, you trade war for rhythm. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, five is Soul Provider by our boy, fan of the show, friend, Dare I say family member at this point? Michael Bolton. I'm pretty sure he's 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 filling out the adoption papers, right? Yeah. You can yeah. adopt adult you can adopt adults. Well, we're not even 30 yet. Exactly. Uh the soundtrack for Pretty Woman is on here. Uh Poison by Belle Biv DeVoe. Do you label them under B for Belle Biv or D for DeVoe? Hmm. Um I'd put them under Is there a double B maybe like maybe why not BB C? King. C, just average it out. What's between B oh. and D? C. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Nick of Time, Bonnie Raitt, with Violator oh, by Depeche Mode, is. and Fear of a Black Planet by Public Enemy to round out the last of the top ten. Nice. Before we move on, I just kind of want to call out Billboard. Do you have this open on your phone or your computer right now? Computer. Have you noticed that it's becoming increasingly like, like there's just automatic playing ads and just a whole lot of resource intensive bullshit Ooh, i use ad blocker i was not aware of that okay yeah you're lucky um a big shout out to ad blocker then for like shielding you from that open it on like uh if you're ever out on at a random computer pull open uh the billboard top 200 and prepare for that computer to fucking work its hardest oh wow just shit storm eh 
Oh, it's it's getting rough. And yeah, Billboard, come on. Like no auto playing ads. Oh man. Um so a little bit of 90s news now. Obviously everyone is aware of it by this point, but we'd be remiss if we didn't mention uh the passing away of Chris Cornell of Soundgarden. Mhm. I was never big on Soundgarden. I think you were a bit more into them than uh, I was. Back but then, maybe, maybe no, not by much. No, I mean I like Black Hole Sun. Yeah. Uh, and moreover, I like you know uh, I would recognize Chris Cornell and Soundgarden's just contribution to sort of grunge music. Uh, I was reading some things about this earlier, uh, and I guess out of the four major sort of uh, pioneers or or staples of grunge music. Uh, apparently Eddie Vedder is the only one left. Obviously Kurt Cobain is gone. Uh, Chris Cornell. There was another name from a band that I I can't remember right now, uh, who also died possibly of suicide. Uh, so people are planning on currently wrapping Eddie Vedder in, uh, plastic wrap and, uh, bubble wrap and putting him in some sort of shelter, uh, just hmm. to, you know, keep him safe, uh, maybe move him out of California, you know, keep him away from California in case there's keep any him earthquake. Keep him off the fault line. Yeah, keep him off the fault lines, keep him away from natural disasters, move him out of Tornado Alley. Eddie Vedder for grunge music is a, uh, I guess he's a, he's the Betty White. That's yeah. funny. Um, um, yeah. Okay. I think that's about it for 90s news now. Yeah, I feel like there might have been something else, but... If it comes to us, we'll mention it. If not, then whatever. Spotlight time? I think so. All right. So this week on the show, this is, a, this is a bit of a weird one. I was reading about this a few days ago, and I thought it'd be worth talking about. I think so, too. So the latest craze with all the kids are, are fidget spinners. I'm sure you've heard of them by now. If you haven't, if you don't recognize the term, you'll definitely know the picture Give it a gander. Give it yeah. a give it a Google. Take a it's, look. It's, it's interesting. A, um, it's a, just a weird little thing you spin around. That's yeah. all it is. Before we get into the meat and potatoes of the spotlight, I just want to say, as far as fads go, this is not terrible. I mean, think, I'm thinking about it from both a, a parent and a child's perspective going into this. Fads we had in the 90s, Pogs, Pokemon cards, um, Crazy Bones... Shit like that all involved a lot of monetary investment. You couldn't have one Pokemon card and be done with it. You needed to have a fuck ton of crazy bones. You needed some fucking sweet slammers to, you know, to to survive in the competitive world of Pogs. As far as I know, and I haven't looked into fidget spinners too much, you probably only need one. You, I mean, I I think need is a subjective term, like... I mean, you were 10 once, right? You, you, if you're 10, you need a fidget spinner. Okay, so let's, let's imagine we're 10, we need a fidget spinner. Have you looked into the pricing of these things? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't you know if You can drop a cool grand on a fidget spinner. Yeah, but that one probably, like, lights up and, like, I don't know, is designer. It's like gold-plated. gold-plated yeah. Uh, like, but, like, the you average... You know how these things get, like, you can pour money into oh, this yeah. if you want to. That, that's true. And I'm sure the richer kids have, you know, light up fidget spinners or fucking fidget spinners with Bluetooth or something, have like an RPM rate reading that goes to like an associated app. But 
uh, a lot of fidget spinners. I think they're maybe 10, 15 bucks, maybe 20. They're not You're right. this terribly is, expensive. Yeah, this is a relatively inexpensive thing to get into. The reason we're talking about them is because there's there's a bit of a kind of mystery around how these things came to be. Um, so let's let's dive into it. So Catherine Hedinger, who was a chemical engineer by training, had filed a patent application for a, quote, spinning toy. And this was back in 93. So th- we don't even know the origin story because one one news outlet reported that uh, the idea for the toy came about when she saw kids throwing rocks at police officers in Israel. And in response to that, she wanted to develop a soothing toy that could help kids release pent-up energy and, <laughs> again, another quote, promote peace. Obviously, um, she had never heard of a can of Pepsi. Right. Um, but she later told The Guardian uh, that the origins of the spin- uh, fidget spinner came when she was suffering from an autoimmune disorder that caused muscular weakness. She was unable to play with her daughter. And so she started throwing things together with newspaper and tape in an effort to entertain her. And that's kind of what led to this device. So she had applied for a patent on May 28th in 1993 for a one-piece round device made of uh, soft plastic with a dome and a center indentation for finger placement. And it had a skirt on it, sort of like a, a circular outward extension. Um, and then she'd actually pitched this as a toy uh, to manufacturers. Hasbro actually took it on for market testing, but later declined to pursue a deal. Uh, and then Hedinger had let the spinning toy patent lapse in 2005. Even if she'd maintained it, it would have expired by 2014, which I don't think really would have impacted the trajectory of the toy. No, but if you look at the Wikipedia late. for this, which is where we've taken this chunk of information... You can see the picture. It does not exactly resemble what we know as fidget spinners. No. You can you can see that they're related. This kind of looks like like a a distant cousin? Yeah, distant cousin, I think is fair. Uh so in Bloomberg there were uh there was a claim that kind of disputed that this lady is the the creator of the fidget spinner at all and she never really laid claim to being the inventor she actually referred to it as a wikipedia claim which is very funny because that's <laughs> where we're getting this information from so although the patent status is unclear there's another guy scott mccorsky who describes how he had invented this in that was in 2014 uh, and then it goes on from there but i thought it was really cool that this kind of has its roots in the 90s because it does seem like a 90s toy right oh it fits in with that so well like i i don't know how this wasn't something from the 90s it really like i can picture like the ad with the you know possibly terrible rap commercial it really it really it's something that if you were to take it out of the context of 2017 and just throw it in a pile of toys from various eras and then maybe warp about 100 years into the future and told someone to organize this by decade, I think this would fit in perfectly in the 90s. Well, and this is, I think, the first like really popular toy that I've seen in a long time that looks like that has that 90s look and feel that you know, yeah. I've I've looked at it and said, oh shit, I could have grown up with that. Well, it's just because it's so basic. There's, um, you know, unless there people are throwing out ten, twenty grand on these, these aren't necessarily gold plated. There's no Bluetooth. There's no app. 
it's it's simple it's almost yeah. deceptively simple for a fad in 2017 i like that gives me hope don't get me wrong i love apps i love bluetooth but you know this is something that very much reminds both of us of the kind of things that we would have grown up on i kind of want a fidget spinner good. now i kind of do too i mean we should get some i've because like i i fidget like i was taking apart hard drives like a week ago and there's some various like rings and metal discs around and i find myself kind of fidgeting with those right maybe i'll just build my own more on that later uh let's let's move on to our sponsorship segment all right uh every week on the show we like to you know thank thank something whether they be real whether they be not so real this week uh we would like to give a big shout out to our sponsor stuck in the 90s is brought to you by dale's dead bug this is a local business a small business out of uh is it arlen texas Arlen, I think it's Arlen, Texas, uh, a local business run by uh, an eccentric fellow by the name of Dale Gribble. Uh, we're just going to, um, we're going to probably have to paraphrase a lot of what Mr. Gribble wrote here just for uh, for various reasons. But uh, Dale's dead bug uh, for all your bug and, uh, ex- sorry, for all your exterminating needs. Um, don't get the government involved. Uh, stay local. Uh, Dale's dead bug will be there for all of your exterminating. Uh, please note that cigarettes must be, or sorry, smoking must be allowed on the premises or extermination will not continue. You know, there's a whole lot of asterisks and notes. There's something here about um, conspiracy talks. Don't tell the government tax, something about taxes. You know what? Let's just why don't we just cut it off right there? Dale's dead bug. Uh, if you live in or around the Arlen, Texas area, uh, give Mr. Gribble a shout. Very peculiar business. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, as always, you can find us online at... Oh, no. Shit. We are not done yet. Oh. Because we have one more segment that I cannot fucking believe is making a return to the show. That's right, ladies and germs. <laughs> uh where where is that that's from that's from something ladies and germs anyway that somewhat moderately raven is making a reappearance on stuck in the 90s chris take it away that's right um for those of you who keep up with the netflix tv show master of none starring aziz ansari um season two came out last week and with it brought a guest appearance by by raven uh do you watch master of none uh, we watched season one, haven't started season two yet. Okay. Uh, I, I'm going to keep it pretty spoiler light because I feel like it just came out. A lot of people probably haven't watched season two yet. I am surprised I got through it. I basically watched it in about two days. Okay. Yeah. Um, so Raven hosts a talk show called Raven Live in this universe, in the Master of None universe. And uh, yeah, Raven is live in life she's doing good stuff and comes into contact with uh aziz ansari's character dev and very interesting things transpire and it is crazy and it is awesome to see raven on the netflix screen i think it's a little precursor to uh is raven still coming back is that so raven still is that that's still coming right as far as i know we'll we'll look into that we'll try to get back to you uh for next episode on our next segment of that somewhat possibly raven oh it's called raven's home 
Raven's Home. That's the sequel that's series? That's the title of the Disney Channel. That's so Raven spinoff. Hmm, is that so? Uh, okay, hold on. I've got an article here. So it's Meet the Cast of Raven's Home, Disney Channel's That's So Raven spinoff. Um, the series is officially happening after nice. announcing the project in October 2016, along with their exit from the review. Uh, the show Raven's Home has officially been ordered to series with production beginning in April in L.A., so it'll it'll uh, premiere later this year. All right. I am very excited for that. Um, so, yeah, if you guys are into Raven, if you guys are into uh, the Netflix series Master of None, check it out. Season two is now available. Uh, if you're not, check out season one. Uh, I really think... I think it hits a lot of the same... I mean, it's made for people who are kind of around our age, late 20s, early to mid 30s, and kind of just deals with life, I think. Give it a couple episodes. I didn't warm up to it right away. Yeah, yeah, I think it it, it might. Um, But it's a seriously enjoyable show, I think. I agree. Yeah, it feels like Uh, that was a sponsor. Man, Netflix, hook us up. Aziz, give us some money. Or pasta. He's super into pasta. Oh, yeah. I'll take some, like, carbonara. As always, we also accept payment in form of tacos. Yeah. You can find us online. Our uh, website is stuckinthe90spodcast.com. If you'd like to be a $10 sponsor and pay us in carbonara and or tacos or $10, you can do so. Hit us up at stuckinthe90spodcast at gmail.com. We are on Instagram and Twitter. I don't think we Instagrammed or tweeted a single goddamn thing this week. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it. We fell off the map. Uh, the yeah. Twitter is sit90s, S-I-T-90s, and the Instagram is stuck in the 90s podcast. Ooh, you just heard me get an email. Ooh, um, nice. Otherwise, yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's, that's about, about that's all we've got for this today. week. Next week, we're doing a week. I don't know what it is. No, uh, next, in the week 90s. Is, next week's going to um, be interesting. Yeah, because I'm going to be in Colorado. Yeah, so uh, things are going to get creative. Um, we might just Skype it again. We might not. Uh, we'll see, right? Yeah, yeah, that'll be fun to figure out. <laughs> All right, uh, so we will see you some way, somehow, next week. Uh, but for now, I think the podcast, the podcast is, is now, now over. over. It'll be interesting to see how well that lines up. Yeah, that's going to be fucked, but who cares? <laughs>